Well, I'm two margaritas in, so I think it's a good time to start podcasting. Absolutely. And announce to the world that we are back. Yes, it's been almost two years since we last recorded a podcast. Two years. Crazy. Whew, but we are back and with an entirely new podcast concept. So if you've listened through episodes of the Travel Freedom podcast before, you would know we're all about travel, location independence, living, working. Uh, plus, we also did include some tasty foods from around the world. Well, yeah, we like to eat whilst we're being location independent. That we do. But we've actually decided with this new podcast that we are going to be 100% Food travel. Yes. And the whole first season is actually going to be launched completely separately in a new account. It's going to be a completely new podcast, nothing to do with the Travel Freedom podcast at all. But this first pilot episode is available right here because we want to give you a taste to try and convince you to come over to the tasty side and try a bite of our new podcast. Yeah. So yeah, the reason why we have been gone for two years is we've been really busy. We've been blogging, uh, running a massive project called the Travel Blog Virtual Summit. And that was an online conference, which we designed to help travel bloggers monetize their blogs, which was eventually turned into a full travel blogging course. It was a lot of work, two years worth of work, in fact. <laughs> yeah, it's been really epic. And it took us away from what we love doing the most, which is podcasting. So that really had to change in 2018, which is exactly what's happening now. So if you're still interested in learning about blog monetization and location independence, then do go and check out travelblogsummit.com because you can get free access to our travel blog profit formula. And of course, check out the rest of the episodes from the back catalog of the Travel Freedom Podcast because there's lots of stuff to learn. But if you are a lover of food and travel, then our new podcast, The Dish, is starting now. In the first episode, we delve deep into the stories behind Mexico's most famous dish, tacos. Welcome to The Dish, the show that uncovers the stories behind the world's most famous dishes. We are your hosts, Tomo and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us and expert guests with tasty facts, foodie secrets, and more. In this first pilot episode, we explore the stories behind Mexico's most famous food, the taco. We interview taco experts and food historians to dig deep into the real history of tacos. The idea that just a, a plain corn tortilla with something in there, obviously that's been around uh, really for a thousand years. As long as, as there have been tortillas, they were used to eat things with. But they didn't actually use the word taco, either in indigenous languages or in really throughout most of the colonial period. It's only at the end of the 19th century when people started to refer to tacos. And once people started to use the taco as a phrase, it really took off. We head out to eat the original and oldest taco variety in the world. So they make up the tacos in the morning. So instead of uh, just a fresh tortilla, you've got a tortilla that's had the filling put inside and then it's left in a basket. So it's hot and it just sort of sweats it out in the basket wrapped in cloth. Plus, world records and crazy taco facts, including how big was the biggest taco ever made? But it actually took 80 people to make this and it took them six hours to complete it. Probably yes. by the end it was some cold taco that everybody was eating, <laughs> to be honest. very first podcast of The Dish, the show where we uncover the interesting 
histories and facts and quirky informations about, you know, really famous dishes around the world. Famous dishes and the best dishes. Every episode, we'll be exploring the stories and histories behind particular famous dishes or our favorite dishes that we think you should go try if you haven't heard of them yet. Tux. The origins of those dishes, the quirks, the flavors. We hope to describe some tasty things that will get you salivating. And we're also going to be uncovering some fun and unexpected facts, which we will uh, inject into your brains in a fun and informative way as we discover them and we share them with you. Yeah, well, you sit on that train or that bus or that aeroplane or, you know, on that commute to work as you're driving in your car, wherever you happen to be. That place where you don't have any food to eat and you're just going to get really hungry <laughs> and go, I'm going to have to pull over and eat something now. Yeah, but we want to give you a little bit of wanderlust to travel and visit some of these places yourself. That is exactly what this podcast is about. It's about inspiring you to go and find that food worth traveling for. Yes. As this is our pilot episode, if you are interested in getting information about what's coming up in the future or what we're working on and all that sort of stuff, uh, please feel free to join our mailing list and you can join us at foodfuntravel.com slash the dish. And we've got an email sign up there where you can get some information about what we're working on and, and where we're going forward with this thing. Yep. We'll keep in touch with you and let you know when new episodes are coming out and all the awesome food stuff related to that. And in this first episode, we're going to try and make tacos fun for you. Exactly. We have our margaritas in hand. Yeah. Nearby, uh, at least. At, in arm's reach. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to have a few margaritas while we do this, and we're going to talk to you all about the interesting history of the taco. First of all, for those of you who have lived under a food rock for your entire life and have never really eaten a taco, I know my dad is probably in that club. <laughs> um, just in case you've never had one, a taco is a tortilla, which is a flat bread made of corn originally. We'll get into that a bit more later. And you put some toppings on top of it. It's like a small, flat, round thing that you put toppings on. It's stuff it's wrapped it. in That's stuff. It. It's stuff wrapped in stuff. I'm a big fan of stuff wrapped in stuff uh, in many different formats, and I think it really started with the tortilla. Well, the best thing about stuff wrapped in stuff is you get twice the stuff. If you just have stuff or stuff rather than stuff wrapped in stuff, you don't get as much stuff. Yeah. I like more stuff. When so, it comes to food, that's what I like. You like that. Uh, so we're really going to focus on a lot of the more Mexican traditional tacos. Uh, I know that most people would probably consider a taco to be your old El Paso classic. So it's going to be your hard or soft tortilla. Let's hope some of our listeners have moved beyond I hope so, the original but, stage. But, but if I'm you haven't, saying, don't worry. We've got something for everybody. Um, generally, that initial taco is going to be your minced beef with your cheese, your lettuce, your tomato, some salsa on top. Bada boom, that's what that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about traditional Mexican tacos, their history, where they came from, why it's so popular in this region, and you know, why it's something that um has continued today. You may be surprised to find out a few little tidbits. So yes, the original just minced beef taco that really is more Tex-Mex. We're not gonna be going too much into the Tex-Mex side of things. We're no. gonna go classic. Mexican, a lot of stuff that is from a while back, a lot of stuff that's a little bit more modernized. A little bit more quirky when it comes to toppings and ingredients. See, you never know what's going to happen in this podcast, but we promise it's going to be tasty. So let's get Taco, Taco Loco. Loco! Okay, so when we first started researching for this episode, we were like, 
Attacko is really going to be an entire episode. I didn't think so. We're like, it's just, uh, you know, tortilla plus filling equals taco. How much can we actually discuss in terms of history? There can't be a lot going on. I mean, and controversy. How are we going to make this exciting and thrilling and like oh. a Hollywood roller coaster? Well, we figured out a way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in theory. No, um, it is true. We did a lot of research into it, actually. And it turns out that the history of taco and the way international influences have shaped the dish, it's been like this massive, endless rabbit hole of opinions and stories and flavors. And no, it was done this way. And no, it was originally seen this time. And no, old mate wrote about it at this time. So that's when tacos came into existence. It's really hard to pinpoint the actual starting point of, like, this is when a taco was created. Are tacos really an ancient dish that have been eaten for thousands of years? Mm, question mark. Don't know. Are they a modern creation? Perhaps. And are Mexico's most famous taco styles actually Mexican at all? Ba, ba, ba. Suspense. We're going to take a 15-minute intermission for you to decide. We're not. No. All right. So, yeah, the answers actually have not been quite as clear-cut as we were expecting them to be. No, no, no. Uh, but we do want to actually just take this time right now to just go, we know that people are passionate about food and about their personal perceptions of it. Tacos in particular hold a really strong, powerful national identity. And it's a topic that we really want to handle correctly. And we know that there's going to be emotions involved and people going like, no, that's not what my abuela told me. And no, that's not what I heard and blah, blah, blah. In this episode, we've really attempted to look past just, you know, basic research. And hearsay. And hearsay. We've, we've tried to study original sources, both in English and Spanish. Um, consult experts who've actually dedicated their lives pretty much to the study of tacos. yes. People do that. There are taco experts. That's a job. That's a job. A job I want. Where do I apply? I can't. <laughs> it's incredible. Interestingly enough, through doing all of this research, some of the conclusions we've reached conflict directly with a lot of the commonly held folklore that you might find from a basic internet search. But facts and scientific research should not be confused with popular mythology although both do have their place in the tapestry of food. Yeah, that's true. So we try to incorporate a little bit of both, but we got to side often with the the evidence over just the what my grandmother told me. Yeah. But we're going to try and include a bit of both of those to, to give a real picture of the history of the tacos. Pretty much what we're saying is we can't guarantee 100% accuracy because we weren't there. We don't know. We've done a lot of research, that's all we're saying, and we hope that uh, you'll have a listen to it and go, oh, interesting. I might bring that up over dinner and seem really interesting and fantastic at my dinner party because I have all of these fantastic point dirts on She's speaking of dinner party voice. If you want to, oh, my dinner party. Speaking of dinner party voice. My dinner party voice. Yes, well, welcome to my dinner party. Did you know the taco? You don't know the answer to that because we haven't told you yet. But... By the end of this, hopefully you'll have some fantastic conversational points to bring up at your next dinner party. Yeah, we hope we can inspire you to think a little bit deeper about one of the world's most famous dishes. And hopefully we can inspire you to go and eat some more tacos, because tacos are awesome. Yes. We would like to point out that we have actually discovered that there is a lot of tacos out there. So we're not going to feature every single taco in existence, but we're going to focus on some of the most popular and some of 
our favorite tacos as well. Yeah, and there is so many even of those that tell the story in full. There's no way it's going to fit in one episode. So we've broken this up into two episodes. Who would have thought? So in this episode, we are starting with the history of tacos and the original taco. You're going to find out what the original taco was later on. They still exist. We've eaten them and we're going to be talking about them and eating them live on the show. Yes, yums. But before we get all about tacos today, we really need to dive in and talk about the one essential ingredient that every taco needs. Yeah, let's go back to the basics. Yep, that is the tortilla. Tortillas. So tortillas are a Mesoamerican flatbread made from maize. Essentially, they grind that up into cornmeal and then they mix it up into something called a masa, which is a type of dough made from corn. And that is the base of a lot of traditional foods from the Mesoamerican era, such as tamales and, of course, tortillas. Yeah. That's the main one. Actually, archaeological evidence in the region suggests that the original tortilla does date back as far as 10,000 years ago. It is old. People have been making tortillas for a very, very, very long time. And actually, the word tortilla is not Mesoamerican. They had their own word, which we're not going to say because we'll pronounce it incorrectly. We will obliterate that. that We're not even going Let's stick with tortilla, which is the Spanish word meaning little cake. And tortillas actually existed in Europe prior to American colonization, but it was nothing like the tortilla that they have here. Similar, it was made from chickpea flour instead of corn, and it was a lot crispier, so something a bit closer to a tostada. And that's why they actually used the word tortilla to describe these things, because when the colonizers came over here, the conquistadors visited, should I say visited, or should I say, you know, screwed (laughs) the the nation? I don't know what is the politically correct way to describe that. It's a delicate subject. They did some bad things, and we have a whole world of fusion food because of it, but also a lot of very bad stuff happened. So, yeah, they came over here, they saw corn tortillas being made by the locals and went, that's really similar to what we have back home that's called a tortilla, so let's call it that. That's how the tortilla was named, but it had been around for a long time before it was named. Yep. And, of course, back in those days, people were making it by taking the dough and they were patting it down with their hands, making little circular tortillas and then they little discs and then baking them these days they've got that down you do still see some of the ladies getting around making it by hand in some of the more traditional restaurants Uh, but generally today you will find that modern production is all done with machines yeah it's pretty cool to walk around the markets here in mexico and you quite often see a little a little home stall i don't know what you'd call them very small stall that's actually just kicking out tortillas and you can buy like a kilo of tortillas for like 50 cents or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I love watching it. It's actually a really interesting little machine and we'll get some video and we'll post that on the show notes so that you can see a tortilla machine doing its thing because I, I think it's not, cool. because, you know, we're lazy. We might. Who can say? I've got video somewhere of it. So it's pretty clear that corn tortillas are definitely an ancient food. There's loads of archaeological evidence for that. But what about tacos specifically as a dish? All right, let's get down into it. And people are not going to like this. No. One of the biggest revelations that we had in researching this topic and interviewing experts was the idea that uh, tacos, which they seem like a native food because it's stuff wrapped in tortillas, right? It might not really be that ancient at all and has come out of a a more modern Mexico and it's not one of those Mesoamerican dishes. So we're going to catch up right now with our guest expert, Jeffrey Pilcher, who is one of those amazing taco experts that we referred to earlier. Who gets to have that job? Well, 
Jeffrey's got the job and he's going to tell us exactly why just because something's a tortilla with stuff wrapped in it, that doesn't mean it's a taco. I'm a professor of history and food studies at the University of Toronto, and I uh, have worked on the history of Mexican food for more than 20 years. I wrote a book called Planet Taco, A Global History of Mexican Food, in which I try to really explain how the taco became the icon of Mexican food that it is today. And I'm uh, currently working on uh, the history of beer. To go with a taco. After all those tacos, I needed a drink. The idea that just a, a plain corn tortilla with something in there, obviously that's been around uh, really for a thousand years. As long as, as there have been tortillas, they were used to eat things with, right? You know, it's like a pita bread in the Mediterranean or like those uh, many kinds of, of breads you get in, in Indian cookery where, you know, and it, it's sort of made to accompany other things. But they didn't actually use the word taco either in indigenous languages or in really throughout most of the colonial period. It's only really in the 19th century at the end of the 19th century when people started to refer to tacos. Once that actually started to happen, once people started to use the taco as a phrase, it really took off. And so I really see the uh, the end of the 19th century and Mexico City as kind of like ground zero for where the taco sort of becomes established in Mexican culinary identity. So if tacos were not an ancient food, then what was happening with all those tortillas? So it turns out the word taco might have a more modern origin. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But surely something similar to a taco was being eaten before the dish got named. It actually seems not. We caught up with anthropologist Dr. Stefan Igor Ayora Diaz, who is based in the Yucatan Peninsula of eastern Mexico. We did sit down and record with him, but sadly, the buses here be crazy, and the audio came out really bad. So we do apologize about that, but we're going to give you a few of the highlights of what we discussed with him right now. So I'm going to paraphrase some of the things we spoke about because it's a little bit easier than listening to that audio. Essentially, what he told us was he was born here in the 50s, which means he has really strong memories of his childhood from the 60s. And he remembers at that time that he was not eating tacos. He was just using tortillas to dip in stews and pick up bits of meat. It's sort of like in Europe where you just use a bit of bread on the side of a bowl of soup and you just dip it in and you pick some bits out and that... He wasn't having these things made into tacos specifically. And the fillings that he may have been putting on a tortilla, near a tortilla, they weren't served like that. You were served a big pile of tortillas next to a main dish, and that was it. And although other parts of Mexico had definitely started eating tacos at that point in the 60s, in the Yucatan, they still weren't eating tacos tacos as such, or even really making tacos when they're sitting down. They just use tortillas with their food. So although tacos definitely existed before the 60s, it's clear that there was many different uses for tortillas. It wasn't always a taco that was being made. We actually even learned from another online source that even quesadillas are referenced further back in history than any actual description of a taco or a taco-like food. So it's really interesting to think that this is actually a really modern dish. It's something that, yeah, tortillas have always existed and they've used them to scoop, but to wrap, they might have done that, but the word taco is a really, really modern invention. It's sort of like the fact that we've had bread in society for thousands of years, 
but they didn't invent the sandwich until they did that. Earl Sandwich did that in England, allegedly, like 900 years ago. Yeah, but no one actually that, believes he was the first mate no. to go, hey, I should put stuff in this bread and then that'll be awesome. It's like, no, he was the first to go, hey, I am amazing and I invented this and you will all remember me for this, which we actually do. But I'm sure people were doing it before then. So I think that's sort of part of the point. These foods may have been created or made in an informal sense, but there was no dish called tacos until much more recently. And Jeffrey Pilcher, our guest who you heard from a little bit earlier, also argues that even if those fillings were occasionally wrapped in tortillas at the table, the social context of the modern taco as this sort of quintessential Mexican street food that differs greatly from the just historic possibility that someone wrapped some food in a tortilla. And he disagrees that the word taco or any sort of indigenous variation of that word was actually used to describe a food that we know as a taco today. It just wasn't the same thing. Even if it was sort of happening, it was different. Etymologically speaking, they are not in existence until they were deemed to be a food and named. Before that, it was just casual eating. And that doesn't really count as a dish. So if tacos are new, then where and when did that word originate? And when were they first coined as tacos rather than just tortillas with stuff in? All right, back to our interview with Jeffrey Pilcher. There are a lot of theories about indigenous origins for the word taco, but in fact, none of the, the kinds of etymologies that people have proposed really make a lot of sense. Whereas taco is a very clearly a word that's found throughout European languages. The English translation of it is attack, something that you peg. And it actually, the very first reference from the 17th century France referred to a cartridge. A is actually uh, used to fire one of the early um, guns, the arquebus, and they would wrap gunpowder in a little package and and then shove it down into uh, the barrel and then put the, the, the shot on top and, and fire it. And so it was actually associated with explosives. And I found a reference to the same tacos being used in the mines of 18th century Mexico, where the miners would actually hammer out a little hole in the wall of the rock face in order to excavate it. And then it would take a piece of paper and they would fill it with uh, gunpowder. Uh, they would wrap it up, sort of like a cigar, and then, and then uh, peg it into these little holes that they'd hammered into the rock face. And then that's the way they would kind of excavate the mine. And these explosive tacos, if you will, I think also became a kind of a metaphor that they used to talk about the foods that they would eat. And so, you know, it was sort of like, uh, when you think about it, you know, there's a, really, if you had a good taco with, uh, you know, hot sauce on it. It's, it's, it is sort of like a stick of dynamite. <laughs> it's known to be pretty explosive at times. Indeed. Um, and, and I thought it was a very interesting confluence of the term with this particular uh, historical situation. Uh, but the confirmation came when I started actually looking into the archives and the references to what the earliest tacos in Mexico City were when they started to appear in the late 19th century. And some of the most common early references to tacos, what, what are known today as tacos de canasta or tacos in a basket, which are really very simple, uh, oftentimes just potatoes and some sauce that are then wrapped in a tortilla and put into a basket to keep warm, right? Hence the name. And they had different names than tacos de canasta, tacos suaderos, uh, the sweated tacos. But originally, what they were, the, the word that they were used to refer to them was tacos de minero. 
miners' tacos. And so my theory is, is that those miners, when they were put out of work by the, uh, by the instability of the 19th century revolutions, uh, found their way to Mexico City and, and actually started to sell these tacos in the street to, to find a way of, of, of making some money. Now we've learned from Jeffrey that the word taco only came into existence in the 19th century. It is sort of a modern food, and it has exploded from there. It's gone completely insane. People are throwing glasses against the wall and chucking hissy fits across the world as you speak right now. What? The taco is new? It's from the 19th century? You're crazy. I'm sure we're going to get some complaints from people who live in Mexico. because Everyone is... just spat out their Coronas across yeah. the world. This is their big national food. This is a, a sense of huge pride. And they should still be very proud because people freaking love tacos. But it wasn't called a taco until more recently. And that's, that's what we're getting at here. So still to come in this episode, we actually go and eat the oldest taco style that exists. It's still going. This is the original taco. And you can still get it here in Mexico. And we also talk about the most famous tacos that have gone international as well as some great taco styles that the Mexicans seem to be keeping for themselves. I know, I can't believe it. Really good too. Uh, but we're also going to talk a little bit about taco facts and crazy records. So, you know, what ingredients do you get in the most expensive taco in the world? Oh. You will be surprised at what's in it and how much it costs. And what has it got to do with motorbikes? Tacos and motorbikes coming up after this. So this is the part of the show where we may potentially include advertising, but... Uh, no one likes that. No one likes that, but you can help us stop advertising from happening by supporting the show on Patreon. That's right. If you head to foodfuntravel.com slash extras and register for as little as $1 or $2 per month, that's it. If you ever wanted to buy us a beer or a taco, actually that would get us about two tacos. Yeah. Yeah, you can do so uh, by supporting us on Patreon. Uh, not only will you get early access to new episodes, but you'll also get other bonus episodes from us. And that's exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. If we get enough subscribers, we'll be able to remove some or even all all forms of advertising from this show in the future. As you know, we do need to make some sort of income to keep this going. Eating is not free. No. Um, plus, also, the more subscribers we have, the more time we can actually devote to podcasting rather than blogging and other projects that we work on. And so that means more of these episodes for you about tasty, tasty food. That's right. So if you would like to support us, and we would really appreciate any support you would be willing to give to this podcast, learn more about everything that we have on offer and become a patron at foodfuntravel.com slash extras. That's foodfuntravel.com slash extras. Go do it. Give us some money. We'll make loads more tasty episodes. It'll be worth it. Okay, so we are back with the second half of the episode. In the first half, we ended up with Jeffrey Pilcher mentioning about tacos de canasta being the original type of taco. And potentially it was a way that they could wrap the fillings in a tortilla so each piece could be distinguished 
and then sold individually, just a, like an easy way for them to sell these things on the street rather than handing out a bunch of soup and a pile of tortillas. Yeah. So how did these original tacos work? We figured the best way to figure this out was to go and eat some ourselves. It actually seems that the style really hasn't changed much since its inception. So we're going to go old school and we're going to go feast on this 150-year-old dish here in Mexico. We are at Yegaste Tarde, which sells tacos de canasta. One means uh, tacos in the basket. Mm. The story behind is this is the original tacos were served in a basket and they, they still are. It keeps them warm. So they make up the tacos in the morning. So instead of uh, just a fresh tortilla, you've got a tortilla that's had the filling put inside and then it's left in a basket. So it's hot and it just sort of sweats it out in the basket wrapped in cloth and then they bring them out to the people. The original way, and the, it's still done in some parts of Mexico City, is delivery on a bicycle. And they just hang out on a street corner and they sell their tacos, and people just walk by and grab a couple of tacos to eat on the way for work. And you can see these for about five pesos. That's about 25 cents American. At the cheap places, a little bit more, at the sort of permanent places like this. And this is actually a street side store rather than a delivery on a bicycle and they keep warm in this basket and the tacos sort of sweat a little bit and the filling sort of sweat a little bit so they're called um, sweaty tacos they're called sweaty tacos yeah these particular ones are eating a very yellow it seems like the reason they go this color is because they sweat all morning so the color intensifies because the tortillas become damp because mm. it seems like all the photos i've seen of sweaty tacos they've gone really orangey color and the fillings inside uh, rather than your, if you're used to having like big chunks of chicken or whatever thrown in, these are very simple fillings. So like we've got a papas con chorizo, which is uh, potato and chorizo sausage, and it is mush. like it's mush. It's ground up together to make one dense filling. It does taste good though. Yeah, it doesn't lose any of the flavor by mushing it few different variations that we're trying. We've got one that's a friol, one that's a mole with chicken. But these are like the ultimate budget street food. They have some very cheap options. So yeah, like potato is like one of the original fillings. You're basically having carbs in carbs. And interestingly enough, unlike some of the other taco places we've been to, we actually have a side serving of cactus. Which um, I quite like cactus, I have to say. People go, oh, what cactus? That's weird. I quite like it. So we've told you a little bit about the original style of taco, but what about all the other tacos that have come after that? Oh my goodness, there's so many. So we're gonna do a really quick roundup of all the tacos you can possibly try. Okay, it's time for the lightning round. Yeah, the options for taco fillings seem almost never ending, with new fusion options appearing all the time. But in Mexico, there are some real distinct and popular varieties that we really wanted to mention. See if you can tick all these off your list, because we definitely hadn't tried all of these. Tacos de Canasta, it's the original taco kept warm in a basket, as we mentioned earlier. The carnitas, which is meat slow cooked in its own fat for many, many hours to make it super soft. The most popular variety 
variety being made from pork. Nothing is wasted with this. It's snout to tail all the way through. Expect anything from ears and stomach through to the friendlier cuts like shoulder and loin. Fish and seafood tacos. Aside from the classic Baja California deep fried fish fillet tacos, which we'll actually be talking about very shortly in more depth. Other types of seafood tacos are also super popular around Mexico. So of course, crispy shrimp, octopus is massively popular here, lobster, conch. You can expect some extra toppings on that, like garlic butter and some tomato-based sauces like the Veracruzana. You should try that out. It's got capers in, really nice. And many other styles are appearing all around the country. Cochinita, which is traditional pork slow-cooked underground in a traditional oven called a pib. The hole is dug in the ground, hot coals are placed inside, and the meat is placed there as well, which has been marinated in sour orange and achiote. It's wrapped in banana leaves and buried overnight to cook. Get ready for some seriously delicious, juicy pulled pork tacos from this one. Spice them up with some habanero for some extra zing. Guisados. These are tortillas filled with a type of stew, any type of stew. They're this messy comfort food. Sort of think about any slow stewed pork and beans or shredded chicken stewed in tomato sauce. It's like a classic leftover home-cooked mama's meal, but it's sort of made its way into restaurants now, so you can find these guisados all over the place. Al Pastor. Mm, oh, oh the hail the almighty pastor. Oh, so this is a Mexican Middle Eastern fusion dish. It's like a Mexican doner kebab of sorts. It's got this bright red tower of pork grilled on a vertical rotisserie, and they top it off with a pineapple, onion, and cilantro. It's crispy and just bursting with porky goodness. More on the story of Al Pastor and its predecessors, Tacos Arabe, in episode two. Cabeza simply means head tacos, and I'm yum, not kidding yum, here. Yum, yum. Uh, it is an entire head, actually, normally it is beef. It, it, is, is it is actually really good. If you get the right cuts, uh, a whole head is actually boiled or sometimes steamed, and nothing is wasted from this head. So you've got things like beef tongue, which is one of the most popular cuts, and if done right, it's just it's soft and packed with flavor. It's not some tough, weird fairy tongue that you're thinking of. It's, <laughs> it's much, much better, better. Much better. For also things like beef cheek to some more unusual cuts and bits like eyeballs and snout. My personal favorite is the sweetbreads. It's actual glands from the beef's neck. It's got this inexplicably rich and deep flavor. Fritanga literally means small fried meats. And this style features a specific cooking device, which is a large flat metal pan with a well in the center, which is about four inches deep. This well is filled with oil and small cuts of meat, which are fried then removed to the surrounding plate, ready to stuff in some tortillas. Mmm. Carne asada and um, carne al carbon. Uh, it's the simple classic, it's everywhere, you can't miss this one. It's meat that is grilled over hot coals or grilled on the hot plate, and put it in a tortilla, add some salsas, you're done. Taco dorado, taquito, flotas. These are all tacos that are deep fried after the fillings have been wrapped in the tortilla, which leads to a crispy filled tube. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. Barbacoa. It's similar to cochinita. Uh, it's another style of cooking where the meat is cooked underground. And this style originates in the Caribbean islands. The barbacoa style actually means barbecue. And the most popular form, once it made its way to Mexico, actually became lamb, but also beef and goat and 
lots of other meats are used as well. It just creates this tender meat that's just falling apart, oozing with juices. It's that type of experience. It's just going to get your mouth watering. I'm full. Yeah, that's a lot of tasty tacos to try. But beyond all those tacos that we just mentioned, which you really can find all over Mexico, there are a few extra special tacos that exist. Like, for example, the most expensive taco in the world. So yeah, it's time to get into some taco facts, including what is in the most expensive taco in the world. Well, we're going to find that out in a couple of minutes. First, let's hit it with some consumption facts. What are people eating? Now, I couldn't actually find the consumption facts on how many tacos Mexicans eat It's too annually. many. It's too the many. The internet would break. They can't put it on there. Nope. It would be like Kim Kardashian's ass. It would break the internet or at least try to. But yeah, we did find out that back in 2012, which I know is a few years ago now, they did a census to find out exactly how many tacos Americans eat annually. And it turns out it is 4.5 billion tacos what? that are consumed every year in the United States of America. So that is 490,000 miles or 788,578.56 kilometers to be exact. Of tacos. Of tacos. That's a long taco. Yes, it turns out that that is actually enough tacos to get you to the moon and back, or, you know, enough to have the exact same weight as two Empire State Buildings. So I guess what we're saying is Americans eat quite a lot of tacos. That's pretty much, that's the crux of this one, right? For she is. And it looks like it's not just happening on Taco Tuesday. No, it's happening on Taco every day for me. Yep. Had two sets of tacos today already in preparation for recording this episode. Breakfast tacos and lunch tacos. It's been pretty awesome. I just can't get enough of them. It's, if anyone's like, have you, haven't you had enough tacos? It's like, nope. no, no, nope. no. Who are you? You don't need that negativity in your life. If anyone says that to you, just leave them. It's fine. <laughs> And speaking of having enough tacos, what about the largest ever taco? All right. So this was made in the city of Mexicali, and they were celebrating a 100th anniversary celebration of the city. And they decided to make the world's biggest taco. It came in weighing at 1,654 pounds, which is 750 kilograms. Damn. That is big. And um, the taco also measured. Now, listen, I'm going to really just drop out the American thing. So if, if you have issues with non-freedom units, <laughs> you're going to have to just Google it. So taco came in measuring at 10.95 meters long, 86 centimeters wide, and was made up of these following ingredients. It contained... 536 kilograms of grilled steak, 84 kilograms of dough, 81 kilograms of onion, and 48 kilograms of coriander. For all those 10 percenters out there that feel like coriander tastes like soap, this is your living hell. I'm sorry. Yep. Quick tip for kilos. If you want to convert that to pounds, pretty much just double it. It's going to be inaccurate, but it's close. It's close enough. So that's a lot. And that's like a really 
really, really, really long taco. It's not round. No! 10.95 meters long, but only 86 centimeters wide. So it's more like a, I don't know, like a flatbread, a long flatbread, weird hot dog bun of a taco. Yep. But it actually took 80 people to make this, and it took them six hours to complete it. Probably yes. by the end it was some cold taco that everybody was eating, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, also, there's not going to be a table big enough for that, so they're eating off the floor, I'm guessing. Well, just a lot of, like, those foldy tables just lined up. They got all the, the foldy church tables from all the <laughs> everyone in the region and just put them all together in the longest... Well, I think they also held the record for the longest, longest table in, in Guinness World Did Records. They? No, no, I just made that up. <laughs> This is one of the longest tacos ever, as well as the biggest taco ever, apparently. Didn't yeah. make it to the moon like the American consumption of tacos mm -hmm. does, but it was still pretty huge. So what is then in this most expensive taco in the world? The most expensive taco in the world is actually found in Mexico. You would think maybe... That's a surprise. Yeah, you would think maybe like Paris or Las Vegas. I would have thought... Parisians Las... aren't known for their tacos. No, but you know, like some crazy restaurant there, some crazy restaurateur in Barcelona who's doing some weird-ass fusion. They'd be like, I'm going to make the most expensive. I would have thought Las Vegas, 100%, I would have put money on that. But it actually is being made at a, a hotel in Los Cabos called Grand Velas Los Cabos in Baja, California. I'm not going to reveal the amount. No, we're going to do the amount at the end. So... Keep notes as we go along through this little section and um, have a figure in your mind and then we'll reveal at the end. Here are the ingredients if one wishes to recreate this in their own home. I'm sure you do. It contains... <laughs> I'm sure you can't afford to. <laughs> a corn... If you remortgage your home, then perhaps you can create this taco and you can just eat that rather than having a house. Who needs a home? No one needs a house. All right. So this tortilla is a corn tortilla speckled with 24 carat gold flakes. It is then filled with Kobe beef, langoustine shrimp, the world's most expensive caviar, which is apparently the Almas Beluga caviar. I don't know anything about caviar. I'm just going to take their word for it. It also does have black truffle brie cheese on it. And then on top of that, they top it with a salsa of morita chilies and the, I don't know how to pronounce this. Is it civet or civet or civet? So essentially it is the coffee that that animal in Malaysia poops. Like it, it, they, it doesn't like, yeah, it poops it. It eats the, these things and it, and it, it's the it most ferments. expensive coffee in the world. It ferments and then it, and then they poop out this coffee and, um, and, and that's the most expensive coffee in the world. And then they sprinkle this on top of the most expensive taco in the world. And then if that wasn't enough, they sprinkle the whole thing with gold flakes because why not? Why not? And we mentioned earlier that there was some strange connection to motorbikes with this taco. Are they putting a motorbike part on the taco? What is this about? <laughs> no, it can be delivered to you in the middle of the desert. Because that's obviously the place that rich people hang out. Yeah, that's totes where they're at. So, you know, desert people hanging out doing rich stuff. And it is delivered to you by a, in, like, a circle of motorcycles. They come, they circle around you. And I'm guessing one person is like, hold the, oh, I'm holding your taco. Because it's only one taco. And, uh, and it's delivered to you by this uh, cavalcade of motorcycles in the desert. Well, that's good. I mean, I guess in Baja, California, the desert's probably only about 10 minutes drive from the city. Yep. So 
That's not so bad. Uh, if you're not so into motorcycles and you're planning to pop the question, they can adjust it so that you can have a super special marriage proposal as well with this super special gold flaked crazy ass taco. Would you appreciate if I proposed to you with a taco? Is that the way to go? I actually wouldn't say no to that, but the staggering price of this, I would just have to slap you, not the taco. I was going to say I'd have to slap the taco out of your hand, but that would never happen. No. Um, I would have to slap you and be like, what? Wait, do you know how many tacos you could have bought me with that? Because we haven't actually revealed the price. Is it somewhere close to the amount of money of a typical American wedding? Uh, I yes. think is I think like what is the price of an American wedding? We don't I, know the exact price, but it's somewhere know. between twenty and forty thousand dollars, right? Let's say an average American wedding, or in in general, an average wedding is between twenty and forty thousand dollars. And this particular taco, which you could use for the marriage proposal, or you know, you could have it as your wedding cake. Not too many people would be getting well, a slice you'd, of it. You double the price of the wedding if you had this as your wedding. That's cake. true. Uh, so yeah, this taco on its lonesome. With all those ingredients and your cavalcade of motorcycles in the middle of the desert is coming in at a total of $25,000. U.S. dollars. $25,000 U.S. dollars. That ain't pesos. That is not pesos. You also have to take into account that you have to be staying in the grand presidential suite in order to order this off the menu anyway. And they quite often say that you should have your taco with a drink of champagne, and I believe the bottle comes in at about $150,000. $150,000 champagne? Yeah. Um, How does that even exist? (laughs) It does. Who's pairing champagne with tacos anyway? Uh, Well, no one, because as far as I've seen, no one has actually ordered this yet. (laughs) This is a theoretical most expensive taco. Yeah, I mean, they made it. They had a big hoo-ha, and they did like a big, whoa, this is the most expensive taco. But I don't think anybody has actually gone to that resort, um, which is a beautiful resort, actually. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous resort. Uh, As sponsored by resort. We are happy to be sponsored by this particular resort, and if you'd like (laughs) us to try your taco, we'll happily do so. Um, But, yeah, no, it is a really gorgeous resort, but... No one's actually forked out the money for this $25,000 taco as yet. That's because people have got weddings to pay for. Like they got better stuff to do with their money. Yeah, so there you go. $25,000 will get you the most expensive taco on the planet. If that be the wish you have, your dying wish on earth is to have that taco, then go forth and be happy. The rest of us will probably just keep eating, you know... 15 peso take tacos off the street, which is about... Less than a dollar. I like dollar tacos. Dollar. dollar tacos are the best. I don't need uh, gold flakes on my tacos. You don't? So, yeah, I'm happy with dollar tacos. And, in fact, we're going to be talking about a lot of dollar tacos in the second part of this taco episode. <laughs> Don't despair, more tacos are coming in episode two. Yep, in the second part of this taco special. Are some of Mexico's most popular tacos actually Mexican at all? We discuss how mass immigration to Mexico in the 20th century led to the creation of one of the tastiest pork taco styles, 
which is now adored by native Mexicans across the country. Plus, the sordid story of the inception of the fish taco. The modern fish taco originated in Baja, California. It's a sordid story of people stealing each other's ideas. Dirty shark meat. Some original guy, Mario, just grabbed sharks that had been left on the beach that no one else wanted to use, filleted them, fried them up, and created one of the most famous types of taco in the world. And more taco tasty times to come as well. What? There's more? Yes, there's going to be plenty in episode two. And in fact, Tacos episode two is already available right now, but only for our Patreon subscribers. So you can get that second episode months before anyone else by becoming a patron of the show. And some additional bonuses you'll get with that as well. That's right. And subscription options start from as little as $1 per month. So check out foodfuntravel.com slash extras for exact details of what is included in each membership level. As well as all the extra bonus content you'll get if we get enough patrons before we launch the full first season of the show... Then we hope to make the episodes with minimal or even no advertising included. Plus, the more patrons we have, the more time we can actually commit to producing this show and getting the whole of season one on air sooner and producing more episodes Yay! for you guys. Yay! That's what we want! See, that's what I want. So if you want to learn more about food worth traveling for and the exciting foodie histories of the world's most famous dishes, become a patron today. And you can learn more about this at foodfuntravel.com slash extras. But if you just can't spare that one dollar a month, we'll then... get it. It's fine. Oh, it's a lot of money. We'll be back with the second episode about tacos, plus lots more episodes for season one later in 2018. So subscribe to our mailing list right now, foodfuntravel.com slash the dish, and then we'll update you about new episodes, and then you'll be able to keep up with the show. Plus... Uh, share this podcast out with your foodie friends. Yes, please let them know that we're here. You know, help build some buzz and that way we can definitely keep this show on the road, quite literally. Plus, get our extensive show notes for this episode at foodfuntravel.com slash 001. More than 20 food travel bloggers have shared each of their favorite tacos from the entire world. So if you want to make a trip to Flavortown, don't miss that delicious roundup. All right, well, until next time, remember, tacos aren't just for Tuesdays. Nope, eat them every day. Thanks for listening to The Dish. Register free for email updates on new episodes of The Dish at foodfuntravel.com slash the dish. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling For Facebook group. Catch you next time.